Recorded on June 12th, 2023. Miami Vice. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. I'm Pamela. And I should have read this title because I love it so much. Go on. (laughs) Yep. And we're here to talk about some relief from the summer doldrums because there's nothing going on at all. Nothing. Nope. Absolutely nothing. Not even in our backyard. Nope. But first, we need to address the elephants in the room. Oh, yay. Maddie Gates. Yeah. Five head. (laughs) <laughs> I missed. What did Matt Gates do? Okay, so this is internal politics. It started with the debt ceiling deal that McCarthy and Biden worked out, which, by the way, props to Biden because he negotiated essentially a bonfire on the House Republican floor after it passed. And so the Freedom Caucus did not like that McCarthy worked with Democrats, worked with Biden. And that McCarthy... For some crazy reason, put Americans first. Yeah, that he actually managed to govern for once. Yes. And so the 12 members of the Freedom Caucus are revolting and and more. Yes, they are revolting. Yes. Isn't Uh, representative from the county we live in part of that Freedom Caucus? Yes. Just as a reminder, one of the co-founders of the Freedom Caucus, I believe, was Ron DeSantis. That's right. He was. All these crazy people that we're now hearing about in Congress, he was one of the original. He was also, he was one of the Tea Party. Yeah. Yes. Paul Ryan. Yeah. By the way, the number of endorsements he's gotten out of that connection, very low. (laughs) Actually, he got an endorsement this week and it was not a good one. It's outside of Disney World. Yeah, The Nazis were flying a DeSantis flag and not a Trump. Correction. The news media reported them as people with Nazi flags and DeSantis signs. Because you really don't know that they are Nazis. Nazis. If, if you're flying the flag, they're no, Nazis. You, we don't know. We don't, they, I, I like that. Just that clarification. That's hilarious. It's so funny because then this I know you were going on with what we're doing, Matt Gates, but the state chair of the Republican Party, Christian Ziegler, I denounce Nazis. Nobody's calling you a Nazi buddy, but I don't. And he's tried to say that the left owns Antifa and BLM. I'm like, I'm not always thrilled with the methods that Antifa and BLM use. However, Black Lives Matter. I'm totally cool with an organization that's titled Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. Thinking that Democrats are their friends. And I'm totally cool with the thought of being anti-fascist, thinking Democrats are their friends. I can you say the same thing, Mr. Ziegler, about the fact that the Nazis like you? I'm not saying you're a Nazi. What one? Hey, but they like you. One of the things that my grandpa taught me is that you don't have logical discussions with Nazis. You give them face punchies. <laughs> face punchies. I like the way you put this. Yeah. Just I had to do it. Just a little love. Tap. I didn't want to. Just, just a little, fun. Just yeah, a face yeah. Punchy. No, I'm sorry. I don't agree with your life choices. Let's be clear. They don't agree with ours either. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. But to Matt Gates. Matt Gates, member of the Freedom Caucus, is essentially causing a revolt on the floor of the house where they moved to block bringing bills to the floor as punishment for McCarthy essentially governing. And now I'm guessing in retaliation for this, the, the house ethics panel, the house ethics committee are reopening their investigation into Matt Gates. Ah, So sorry, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. This is just sending a clear signal that Republicans don't 
care about ethics violations until the person they're investigating is opposed to their goals. Randy Fine. It's telling because George Santos is not under. No, he is. Isn't Santos under ethics? They finally put him under that. I'm not no? sure. He's under he's... investigation. For yeah. Sure. But I think it's actually a legal investigation. Not he is. He's, he was charged in New York. And the latest update in the George Santos is that he had a $500,000 bail and the court ordered him to disclose the names of the guarantees, guarantors who put the money up. And he said, I'm not going to reveal them because they're family members. And so he filed in court that they were like, family members. Is his mom one? I don't know. She's dead twice. I'm not, I thought she was dead three times. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer. But, but you play one on television? But I do have perhaps the best piece of legal advice that I will give freely. And if someone shows up in court and says, I took this piece of advice from Jamie, I will raise my right hand and say, yeah, I said that. Okay. Uh, do not I'm lie waiting. to the do not lie to the judge. Do not lie to the courts. Do not lie to the feds. That sounds like pretty decent advice to give. Sound like it's a safe bet there. Yeah. You either exercise your right to be silent or you do not lie. Yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> you do not go on microphones afterwards. Yeah, George Santos is about to find out either that he has family members that are very wealthy with all kinds of bail money to put up, or he's about to find out what happens when you lie to a judge. Or maybe both. Maybe both. That would be great. Yeah. I'm looking at this list of elephants in the room and I'm waiting. They're really cool. There was a lot of really good political news and some of it fell through the cracks. So this is... Talk to me about the young GOP getting turned off by the pro-gun right. messaging. Where so is polling is finding that among issues that GOP members care about by age bracket, that the strong push on the Second Amendment, the strong push on gun rights is turning off young GOP voters because... They had to go through the same active shooter drills and read the same headlines as their Democratic counterparts. And they learned the same lesson that maybe guns in the hands of everybody isn't a solution to violence. To gun violence, especially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So well, I have not seen that polling. That's really interesting. You have millennial and Gen Z Republicans who are going, maybe we should pump the brakes on yes. this gun thing. So growing up, the Republican Party was really based on fiscal conservatism. And it's actually very attractive, even to me. I mm -hmm. get the concept of fiscal conservative. However, social justice is always what pushed my vote. But now they've just gone so well. I don't even think the people messaging really care about expanding access to guns. I think that the people that write them checks do. So the people that write them checks get their messages heard. And I'm glad to know that it's not working out it'd be great if the nra just gets starved because they don't have any yeah it gets deplatformed because honestly i think that they're like if anything they're a victim of their own success if they're if they didn't manage to put a chicken in every pot and an ar-15 in the hands of every late teenage whack job then they wouldn't be in this situation right yeah if they had responded appropriately when kids were being killed yeah they actually could have gone a long way with their messaging, but they were just so determined. They made it more political than, yeah. than it needed to be. The NRA originally put itself out there as a gun safety instruction organization. Here's how you don't get shot. And here's how you don't shoot here's how other you people. Sh that was yep. their main thing, was teaching people how to properly and safely handle guns. Yes, yes. And I feel like that they've strayed from that messaging a little bit. You think? Yep. Yeah, I drove by a pawn shop who I say in bad faith, 
posted up, happy Memorial Day. Check out our AR-15 sale. <laughs> it's, the, it's gone from being about safety to being a political conversation again. And they try to make it sound like all Democrats hate guns. You and I have talked that you're not opposed to the idea of gun ownership and just think it's too easy. I like guns. I think that it's a nice hobby. I do enjoy going to the shooting range. I do enjoy skeet shooting, um, redneck golf, of, as I've heard it called. It is an enjoyable time. I don't enjoy what has happened yeah. to my hobby. People have defined themselves in terms of firearms, whereas I'm just out there going, okay, my hobby is now in a bad light. Right. I want to reclaim it from essentially being all about child killing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I probably crazy. I think that's appropriate. I'm sick. I'm sick of seeing the stick family stickers and all of the family members have gun in their guns oh, yeah. in their hands on the back of trucks. Yeah. yeah I just, I like, how are people so devoid of identity that they have to, I can understand buying your own identity. Some people are really into comic books. Some people are really into purses and handbags. And some people are really into the clothes they wear. Some people are the cars that they drive. But I couldn't imagine defining yourself around the guns you shoot. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And having to measure yourself by my yeah. guns better than yours. I yeah, I refer to those people as amosexuals. <laughs> I like that. Oh, you've used that phrase around me before. I always love it when you say it. But so just quickly hopping from topic to topic that got missed. The Supreme Court moved back to the center in a rather surprising way. So Chief Justice John Roberts has spent the first half of his career as Chief Justice doing everything he can to strip out provisions from the Voters Voting Rights Act trying to get it struck down, trying to get provisions removed. And whenever he had the opportunity to essentially claw back some rights, some states' rights, he did. And in a kind of a stunning surprise... And reversal for him. And a reversal for him, very out of character. He and... Who was it also? Kavanaugh? Yeah, Kavanaugh. I mean, buy the man a beer. He joined with the three liberal justices to uphold right. the Voting Rights so Act. I want to know why Florida is not on that list of states that are suing over civil rights they, violations. They were. I should know this as the chair. They were. They are. They had cases going forward, but our law was based on what Alabama got away with. So it's based on the fact that we have a different law. Right. So they can't sue with that. Yeah. Whenever I thought that was it. Yeah. Whenever one state passes a law and gets away with it, oftentimes other states will create laws in that image because if the legal precedent in one state stands, then it'll stand in others. And so ours is close to Alabama, but it's not so shockingly close. It's not like what Arkansas and Louisiana and a couple of other states that recently passed really badly gerrymandered maps. And so those court cases are going to use the same legal arguments. They're going to appeal, cite the same course law. And so hopefully, because those laws were built like Alabama's, they'll also fall like Alabama's. So when our case gets up before the feds, there is precedent to strike it down. But meanwhile... Congress itself, we could end up with a Democratic majority because it's not far, far from a Democratic majority now. We're, and changing these laws will. Yeah, we're four seats away. And I believe that Alabama is going to get us one seat. Louisiana could potentially get us one seat. Who knows how much Texas? Who knows how much Florida? Cool. The downside that no one's talking about 
is that there are democratically drawn maps that are also a little bit flawed. While we're calling a spade a spade and recognizing when wrong is wrong, yep. there are democratic maps that kind of run afoul of this legal test. And so the total amount of seats may not really shift in, in the House of Representatives because for every seat one, there might be another one or two lost in a blue state. Maybe. Yeah, but I want fair districts. Yeah, fair <laughs> districts. Uh, yes, I agree. I think that anything that gets us a step closer to fair districting is a win in my book. Yeah, let's run for that. I agree with you. That's very cool. Yep. Yeah, I have been following that. That's And there's really nothing else to do in fighting it. It's just this is what you're going to deal with. You're uh -huh. going to have it. Uh -huh. And oh, my God, you guys, we have celebrity gossip. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So... In the latest power couple who broke up last month, Tucker Carlson and Fox News. <laughs> were they, a little tip. Were they called talks? Were they talks or were they fucker? <sighs> <laughs> Just using the, what is that term called when you're making them, what, a word out of more than one word? Oh, oh. Portmanteau. Oh, yeah. Portmanteau. 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 Oh, yeah. What was their name? So... <laughs> Renifer. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. So is it, is it fucker or is it talks? I'm just using the portmanteau. Okay. But either way, they broke up. Yeah. I I would like the latter, but we do need to keep our clean ratings. So let's just call them talks. <laughs> so beep that when I say it. <laughs> yeah. So, so talks, they broke up. They just, it things weren't working out for them. Tucker Carlson cost them three quarters of a billion dollars. And in, in essence, he signed a prenup. Yeah. And but now he's coming to Twitter. And No, they're suing him for it. He signed a non-compete. And non-competes are essentially contractual, where we will continue to pay you money to do this thing. And historically, non-competes have been struck down, where in contracting law, it's, it's very dry. But essentially, when a contract stops benefiting both parties roughly equal, equally, you can take it to court and, that, and get it relitigated. And so a judge will often say... That a company can no longer or cannot limit you from working in your field of choice, even if it even if you signed a contract saying that you would, as long as they're not paying you a living wage. Essentially, a company is not allowed to deny you a living wage in your chosen vocation. Got it. But the fun part is Fox News is continuing to pay Tucker Carlson a living wage and then some as part of his contract. And part of his contract says you're not allowed to make shows that don't air on Fox News. Ah. So it's not no, it's not voiding a non-compete like when a hospital makes its nurses sign non-competes so that way they can't bail when working conditions and pay conditions get too bad. This is, again, a contract that says you will exercise your profession the way that we pay you to exercise it. I like it. Yep. And he broke that because he was putting up shows on Twitter and he's arguing it's his First Amendment thing. It's his rights. But at the same time, Fox News is this is probably going to be settled. Like it's probably not going to go to court because the discovery on this would just be absolutely crazy. But I, I predict that there's going to be more drama, more breakup drama. There's always drama with breakups. Uh huh. Yep. I think that's awesome. I did, yeah. When he just go to CNN, they'll take him. Yeah. He can't. I know. Not until after the election 2024. Essentially, December 2024, the contract is up, and then he can do whatever he wants. So he just has to sit quietly with his millions for two years and 
He's not liking it. Which is good. That takes him through the presidential cycle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that was very deliberate. Honestly, though, the man has no moral compass. He doesn't believe any of the stuff he says. Like, no. Nope. But yeah, th- thoughts and prayers, Tucker. Thoughts and prayers. Speaking of thoughts, thoughts and, prayers, and prayers, there were a couple of obituaries that I read that with are, great pressure. That are worth yeah, discussing. Commenting. So again, I am not rooting for the death of people. I am not, do not construe this as, you know, but you're not sad that these die. people are no longer on nope. the planet. I, yeah, I will say that reading these obituaries was a bright spot as I was drinking my morning coffee. And it's a week when the Unabomber dies, Ted Kaczynski, and he's not the worst person to go. And he doesn't even get the most conversation. No. Do you think it was maybe about his own hand, which he said he was in a cell. But who else died this week? Oh, the lovely person that's been claiming that gays are the reason for every problem in America, like 9-11. The good old Pat Robertson. So I want to get back to Jamie. It's... I, we get really close to being like too smart by half and offensive. Pat Robertson had a mom. He had kids. He had people that loved him. And I'm more, and I'm sorry for your loss. It's like what I told my mail carrier who loved Rush Limbaugh. And the day that Rush died, I said, I know you feel a huge loss and I'm sorry for your feeling of loss. And that's exactly what I said to him. And I truly mean that. I am sorry for anybody that is hurting today. I think our world is better off. Without the hate that Pat Robertson. Yeah. How long ago was Rush, Rush Limbaugh? About two years. About two years. Okay. So we should at least celebrate the good. Rush Limbaugh, two years off the hard stuff. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Pat, I Pat Robertson that... was, he was a hateful man. He said AIDS was God's. And here's the thing. A lot of people believe it. Yep. And 9-11 was because God does mad, was mad at America because we have gay people and yeah. He I, also I feel, took lots of poor people's money. I, I feel bad for anybody that's that unhappy and basically deranged. And again, if you are somebody who is literally mourning and feeling the loss today, uh, I'm sorry that you feel that yeah. sincerely. Uh, he, I, I just want to let you know that I'm not one of them. He brought yeah, me definitely not. a little bit of joy last week when I read his obituary. <laughs> yes. We're going to hell. And finally. Yeah. Berlusconi. Yes. Let's talk about that. I think everybody can agree with that one. Yeah. So the leader of Italy, on again, off again, very corrupt. I've heard him described as Italy's Trump. Yes. Very strong. I didn't even know he died. When did he die? Today. Oh, that maybe why I didn't know he died. I talked to my kid yesterday. Yeah, he died today. Yep. Yep. So he was hugely corrupt. He was a big force in Italy. Was he in off? He was no, current. he was no, he was out of office yeah. like last term. Yes. They still have another fascist in there, but yeah, yeah, younger fascist, but yes. So she's going to be around for a while, but essentially just all kinds of political corruption, not good for Italy, and now he's gone too. Yeah, and then the next one, I love your nickname for it. <laughs> okay, so not political death, but a death of a political career. We hope Bojo in international news, Boris Johnson stepped down as MP. Which was really shocking. It was, because he got his hands on an early copy of the Partygate report, essentially the report about his conduct during COVID quarantine lockdowns, where he violated it and put people at risk. And so 
he was essentially going to be suspended for longer than 10 days, which would call, which would trigger an election. And it wasn't certain really, that if he suspended would for more than 10 days, they have an election. Uh, yeah, the findings. I don't know. And like, here we have city of Palm Bay running with four city councilmen because they won't have an election. Yeah, yeah. England has had a functional government for a while. And it doesn't take long. They can snap up an election in no time. Yeah, they can have special elections like this because the districts are so small. And it's not likely that he would have won a re-election. So rather than wait for essentially the suspension and the election loss, he decided to step down. So that was good. Yep. Yep. So again, last one's not an elephant. It's a good thing. It's I know this is but it makes the elephants mad. And I did, but we don't, we're not doing a full segment on it, but we did want to wish everyone a happy Pride Month. So Embrace the rainbow, people. Right now, if you've been listening to the podcast. Or don't. But don't judge other people who do. Well, yeah. Although I will say that being an ally when times Doesn't are end easy, on June 30th? What's that? No. no. Yeah. And it's more important when times are tough than when they're difficult. No. And it's more than changing your Facebook profile and saying you're an ally. Right now, when if you have gay friends, their marriage is, is under. Right. If they're married, their marriage could, those rights could be taken away. Their marriage might not be recognized in every state. They're. I have talked to more people who are watching to see what happens with the lawsuits involving our legislation. And if this state is gets more unsafe for their kids because their kids are gay they're going to leave the state so to, to add on to what you're saying it's um it's not just a feel good wear a rainbow thing being an ally means fighting for the yeah. rights of your neighbor to exist it's not just wearing a rainbow no. but i will say that picking up some pride gear and wearing it in public is still helpful yeah because you don't have to go out and talk to people Like they can just see that you wearing pride gear in support in public lets people know they're not alone. And this month, it's so funny. People are, when is it going to be straight white month? I don't know, the other 11, because we have to share Juneteenth and Pride Month. Like you can't even have either one of them by themselves. You're totally right. My wearing a rainbow doesn't make me anything other than it's like the red roof in. I'll leave the light on for you. Yeah. And same thing with my attending Juneteenth celebrations. It's I leave the light on for you. I'm here. Yeah. So sometimes knocking doors, sometimes the little things do help. The big things help a lot more (laughs) that don't let that stop you from feeling like a phony. If you're showing pride support. Yeah. And by the time people listen to this, we're going to have a local. Hey, this Saturday morning for the it's an annual pride. I don't know why they do it in June, man. I guess because it's pride month, but whoo. Yeah, it's not fun running 3.1 miles in June, but I do it and wear my tutu and all my rainbow gear so that yay, it does. It just lets people know this is a safe human. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I heard oh pride 5K and I was like, yay, rainbows, boo running. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't wear a rainbow, you will all be wearing a rainbow by the time you're done because your face will be so many different colors of red. Uh, That last one, not an elephant, but just a short little discussion. But we're like the trunk of the elephant. Yeah. So moving on to the next part, because it has been dominating the news cycle. So we got to put our spin on it. We got to talk about it. Stupid Watergate is back. (laughs) Oh, man, it's not. It's a whole lot worse than Watergate. It's never the crime. It's the cover up. It's funny because I remember Watergate and I did not comprehend. I was like, why are we mad at this guy for 
plumbers going into an office and who are the DNC anyway? And why do we care? I don't think I fully comprehended all of that. And of course the cover up for decades. I did watch, I was 10, but I watched the hearings because I was fascinated by them. Although I didn't really understand them. So anyway, this is a whole lot worse. Yeah. And when people try to compare, you say it's the cover up. When people try to compare this to Hillary's emails or Biden's boxes or Mike Pence's that classify documents. So the difference is all of those people fully cooperated with the federal government. Mm-hmm. As soon as somebody said, hey, by the way, Joe, what's this over here with the stamp on it? Oh, I don't want that. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Get it over. Get rid of it. And Trump, we now know without a doubt, was aware he had documents that he shouldn't have, that he was aware that he had been asked to turn them over and had refused and that he was aware that they were secret documents that he was sharing with people that didn't have access to them. And then joking about burning them. It was the... I've and I, honestly, his bathroom was a crime in itself. Go on. He had a, he, we have a chandelier in our master bedroom, but it's above the bath. It's not yeah, above the toilet. With a 50 cent curtain rod on a... Uh, it was a tension curtain rod. Like, it was a disaster. It was a crime. He should have been arrested just for bad taste. <laughs> Crimes against fashion. Yeah. He's had bad taste for years. Yeah. Golden toilets in New York. Yeah. So I did take the time to read through the 42 page document that was filed with the court, the indictment document. It was unsealed. And so it was very juicy. There were several times that I was reading through and I physically gasped out loud when I saw not only the brazenness of how he worked to conceal who he showed them to him being on record. Not only recognizing that this, this is, is what bad. I don't get. Like, how do we know what he said? Were there recordings or did witnesses? He was recorded by an author who was writing a book. Oh, that's right. He was recording himself because he was saying stuff that, about prosecuting a, a secret documents leakages to the fullest extent of the law. So he knew. I'm sorry, when you talk about leakages with relationship to Trump, I just picture his diapers. <laughs> old soggy diaper. Yeah. What does Trump smell like? Depends. <laughs> so anyway, he knew that what he, he was doing. It, he knew what he was lane. doing was wrong. He knew it was illegal. I believe that he was recorded on tape saying, I could have declassified them at the time, but I didn't. And so, you couldn't. And yeah, that's besides the point that he essentially knocked that essentially uh, that point uh, talking point out of the water by admitting that they were still classified that he was whenever his lawyers were coming to show up and inspect the premises, whenever government agents were coming, he would have them move the boxes around. He would travel with them. Yeah, I heard he's having a hard time getting a good legal team that some people are just like, no, we're not touching this. Yeah, this is great. So tomorrow, the day after we record this, not the day after we release, because tomorrow will be Saturday for you listeners on Friday. But this past Tuesday. Follow that. That's yeah. our shell game. Yeah, that's our. <laughs> welcome to Twisted Timeline of Podcasting. We so get I, to... By the way, I thought the indictment, the charges are still currently not public. Uh, I'm reading this right now. It's sort of the details of the charges. Oh, like we they saw. They have 37 counts. Right. Like we saw in New York, where they essentially, because Trump started blabbing about it. They had to unseal the indictment, but not the details of the charges. Okay, we're going to get back to you. And so we're going to get the details of the charges. They're going to be unsealed tomorrow. Which will be three days ago when you're listening to this. Yeah. Right, yeah. So you. if you're listening to Bonnie. this more about these charges than we do, 
but 37 counts were of against Trump. All of the document stuff. This isn't the January 6th stuff. This isn't the... This isn't Fanny. Yeah, this isn't to... the Georgia call of finding those votes. And well, so we expect the Georgia to land in August. So there's going to be indictment day three, most likely in August. Or Jack Smith may also drop the January 6th charges, which is amazing because Mark Meadows flipped and is cooperating with the investigation. Mark Meadows was the White House chief of staff at the time. Which, if you have not watched The West Wing, the chief of staff knows everything. The chief of yes. staff knows everything that went down in that White House during the lead up and while it was going on and during the aftermath. And Very he's cool. cooperating. So those are still to land. And someone who became famous almost against his will, co-conspirator Walt Nauta. Nauta? I don't know how you pronounce that. Is a stunning example of what being loyal to Trump buys you. He's about to learn, like the thousand plus January 6th defendants, that loyalty to Trump gets you jail time. And in this Who case, is he and why is he in jail? So he was he was originally a Navy attache to Trump in the White House. And then I guess he became friends with Trump as much as Trump can have a friend. And so he became Trump's personal well, let's attendant. Let's be clear. I think Donald Trump is super charismatic. I'll bet he has a ton of friends friends yeah friend. no but he's because he's very charismatic people like being in the inner circle I, let's not anyway i'm not like he's a good human he's a terrible human but yeah but being trump's friend in this case is gonna get no. it tell me what happened to him. so he was charged in i believe like in so if you read up the counts and you read up the charges there's a there's a maximum of I'm reading about it right now. 400, 410, 400 years, 390 years or so of maximum penalties against Donald Trump. I believe that Walt is up for half of that. So he's facing, again, about 200 years of those maximum penalties. Oh, and it's because he lied. Yeah, he lied. When, it, when he was asked whether he knew the boxes had been stored, he said, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly just don't know. And he knew because uh, he was the one moving. What was that boxes. advice you gave? That legal advice you gave? Don't lie to the feds. Okay, just make it, get yeah. back to that. Either either plead the fifth and silent. Even Rick Scott managed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Skeletor. Yes. So be like Skeletor and don't lie to the feds. Either be silent or tell the truth. Those are your options. I think he's Voldemort. <laughs> anyway, back to the back to Trump. In the interest of pushing conversation ahead. Dear listeners, when I got here, Shelby asked if we could pop champagne because she is very happy. No, I said my bottle is ready for okay. Tuesday <laughs> when um, he gets arrested. And, and justifiably happy. And however, if we're trying to equip listeners to how to have conversations with people who are not, it's very important that we not be gloating everywhere we go because the reality is this guy's going to go down and it's it's ugly and it's going to make things really dangerous for some people. I think it had to happen. I'm really grateful that the that our constitution is working because it almost did, right? That's the whole point. But it's it, it, to remember that this doesn't compare to any other cases because they're not even being charged with the same crime. And when people say Hillary wasn't Hillary was investigated too, she testified in front of he refused to come to anything until now. Yeah. And 
when talking about how to push push the political conversation ahead, I do need to dwell a little bit on Trump's tactics. Republicans are counting on you to not read. That's why they're trying to ban books. It's why they're trying to dumb down schools. It's why they're trying to get books pulled from the library. And it's why they are trying to preempt any time that these official documents come down. The best thing you can do if you want to see just how screwed Trump is, is read the indictment. You can read those documents. You can read the timeline. It was put together very well. It's actually written simply. It, yes. It is not very, in legal Way more so than if you're trying to read legislation. Yes, yes. And so I would say that if you are looking to have a conversation about the trial, read the trial documents. Get smart on it because you can talk through about how they have pictures of these boxes full of secret data in a bathroom. And then they have text messages that move them to another like garden shed. And then they have pictures of them in the garden shed. And they have pictures of them falling over. Why do they have these pictures? Do you know where they came from? I I don't know. Some were taken by the FBI when they were found. I'm not sure. We're taking, I think, when the first drop happened. Yeah. When they were We're taken by the lawyers. Maybe, yeah, yeah, the lawyers were. he did say, you can remind people, hey, Trump did say, as Shelby reminded me, he did say, in my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. Oh, yeah. No one will be above the license of that on August 18th, 2016. So if you voted for him. Then you should be celebrating. In fact, what he committed to is being followed through. In fact, he made it a worse penalty. He upped it from a misdemeanor to a felony and then gave a five year minimum, a minimum or maximum minimum. So he essentially increased penalties for the crime, which he is currently accused of. I'm reading there are five times he's directly quoted before he was even elected. Yes. Yep. On the need to be more cautious with classified documents. So if you voted for him, you voted after he made the statements, you must be celebrating mm-hmm. that his commitment is being acted on. He, yes. His part of his platform, part of his campaigning was about holding people accountable for leaked classified documents. And yes, you voted for this. And I'm going to be honest. We're saying Banana Republic, Joe Biden's investigating his political opponent. Joe Biden's not doing anything. And in fact, the person that is the head of the Department of Justice was appointed by Donald Trump. No. Not the head of the FBI. Thank you. Head of the FBI was appointed by Donald Trump. Ray. Christopher Ray. it's going to be heard by a Trump-appointed judge in probably one of the most even districts in the state in Miami. It went 52%, I think, for right. Biden. Really super close. It'll be very easy to find jurors that are on both sides of that conversation. But regardless, it still, I'm sure, had to be it, that Comey saw the backlash of the letter he wrote saying Hillary had used bad judgment. That's how we got here to begin with. And so I'm sure they they had to really Taylor ask everything. themselves, do I do we is this in the best interest well, of the country to do? And I'm really grateful that the Constitution won. That this is the best, not only, it may not be the best interest short term, but this is how our country is designed. In fact, the Department of Justice wanted to be so unbiased that normally Merrick Garland, the head of the attorney general, would be looking into such severe charges. But because he was linked so much into the kerfuffle, he recused himself, which he didn't have to do. And that if this had happened under. Yeah, it's a separate. But my first thought was that. Yeah, I know this was hard. It was. They had to ask themselves, 
are we burning the place down with this? And at the end of the day, the Constitution won. So let's talk a little bit about the Miami court, because this appeared out of nowhere. People thought that the crimes here, because... And because the grand jury was in D.C. The grand jury was in D.C. Part of the crimes were committed in D.C. when Trump took the documents outside of their approved happy place and put them on a plane and then flew. And also the, what is it, the National Archives are in are in D.C., And as a final note that I'm going to use to lead into my next point is that in D.C., there are unsurprisingly a high number of judges that have been properly vetted to read and handle classified documents, because oftentimes classified documents come in federal cases, especially around the Pentagon and Congress and military contractors. And so people were expecting this case to be tried in D.C., And then all of a sudden, news broke out about a grand jury getting spun up in a Miami courthouse. And so down in Miami-Dade, they called this grand jury. They brought in a couple of local witnesses, and they were thinking, oh, this is going to be a local leg to get people to flip. And it turned out to be like the whole enchilada. And just as a reminder... That they managed to get a grand jury indictment out of a Florida jury. So 12 out of 15 grand jury participants voted to say, yes, there are charges here. There is something worth going for. And it's not 12 out of 15 voted yes and three voted no. Uh, 12 out of 15 was all it took to get a yes. So it could have been more. And also, (laughs) then we got more on this. We got a moron on the bench we got yeah. more on this, more yeah. on this. Yep, yep. Speaking of morons, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit biased here. Eileen Cannon is back. She, if you remember, was the one who put a drag. I mean, even if you don't remember. It's... If you, Yeah, if you don't remember <laughs> last year, she inserted herself where she didn't belong into the Jack Smith investigation of these very same documents. So ju- Trump judge shopped, found an avenue with a sympathetic judge. One that he appointed. Yeah, that's besides the point, because oftentimes judges rule on policy measures passed by presidents who appointed them. So that's not a conflict of interest. But what she did in essentially fabricating a decision to delay or drag out the Trump document review, trying to drag out this case, she really inserted herself into a place and kind of nominated herself as the queen of drag, which is surprising because I thought that Republicans didn't like drag queens. I knew that was coming. Ha Payoff, baby. <laughs> and so she's back. She's not the one who's handling the arraignment tomorrow, last Tuesday. That is going to be a local magistrate. So we're expecting Trump to show up, see the unsealed charges, the rest of the details, plead not guilty, get his mugshot taken, and, you know, essentially move on to... he's He has a fundraiser scheduled tomorrow night. In Miami? I believe he's so. in Miami. Yeah. So. Woe is me. They're a witch hunt. Give me money to run my yes. defense. I mean, it's worked for him. He's raised his money. He is a grifter of all grift. So... People are afraid because Eileen Cannon acted in a way that was so clearly biased that she got rebuked hardcore in judge speak in legalese by the 11th Circuit Appeals Court. And so when they ruled against her injunction against the documents case, 
they rebuked her pretty hard. They said, you're legal. They said, I rebuke you? Not. Oh, that was Pat Robertson. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if you read like a lawyer, they were pretty scathing in uh, their, essentially in, in their language, denouncing her ruling, finding that she didn't have jurisdiction. She inserted herself where she shouldn't. And even the claim for reliefs that she claimed to act on weren't actually cited properly in the cases that she cited. And she was making arguments that Trump's own lawyers didn't even make when they made the request. So she was doing legwork on behalf of the plaintiff. So that can be a clear indicator of bias. And so if it'll be really interesting to see. Yes. So if she were a uh, an ethical judge, she would recuse herself. But but if she were an ethical judge, she wouldn't be one of Trump's. Yeah. 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 And so we don't expect her to recuse herself. But Jack Smith is such he has such a case laid out that he's essentially just going to wait for her to make one biased misstep, one bad mistake. And then he can immediately appeal to that same appeals court, that 11th Circuit Appeals Court that rebuked her pretty hardcore and say, hey, remember when you dealt with this judge this one way? Can we get her off this case, please? Yeah. Yeah. It seems it says or I read today, like countless legal experts say that she should recuse herself because there is way too much conflict of interest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And normally, again, not because she was nominated by Trump. The panel that rebuked her, I believe there were Republican nominees, and I think that there might have been a Trump nominee on that panel of three. So two Republicans, Trump nominee, they saw how bad the ruling was. So not all judges nominated by Trump are this bad, but this judge is this bad. (laughs) Just this one. Yeah. And and the one in Texas. Yes. And as a final note, this is an interesting choice by the DOJ to probably change venues to something that won't be challenged because if they prosecuted in dc then trump could argue that the crimes were committed down in florida and could also argue can't get a fair trial and so the venue choice means that jack smith believes that his case is so airtight and so strong that essentially once he gets to lay out all the facts any jury acting in good faith is going to find essentially find him guilty this is what at least I and several of my peers think they have him on tape admitting this stuff. Yes. Uh, Someday his word was going to come back and bite him in the ass. Please right. let it be this time. And Right. This is it's I've never seen such incontrovertible. And I do also want to get a little bit stereotypical and a little bit snippy here, where even if some hardcore Trumpies, some hardcore MAGAs do end up on the jury bench that they didn't end up as hardcore MAGAs because they reasoned themselves into it. They were influenced by what they saw on Fox News and in their media. And so they're going to be spending eight hours a day with very convincing lawyers laying out the facts for them. I'm also excited it's happening in Florida because maybe we can redeem ourselves. Not that, but maybe enough people in Florida will be just faced with some incontrovertible. There will be people that will dig in harder because to admit that this is wrong is just yeah. really hard. But there will be some people who go, okay, this is a bridge too far. And maybe. Yeah. Uh, si- left. Yeah. 60% of the country believes that Trump shouldn't be president if he's found guilty of these charges, which is actually up from the campaign finance issues because 
I guess your average American believes that you can't find a politician without campaign finance. Yeah, they also think camp exactly. They can't find nobody even understands what that is, and they think everybody yeah. does it. But and I'm not sure. Yeah, but now both sides, thanks to Trump's campaign speeches, recognize that leaking classified documents is wrong. But one of the things that sold me about this whole thing to begin with, and how you and I had very spirited conversations about what level these documents were. I hope that goes to all of the staunch veteran supporters of him who chewed me a new one after the Hillary Clinton emails. Yeah. And it won't necessarily. And that's OK. But it will no, he told me flat out because I'm like, I think it was nuclear secrets. And he's no, it can't be. That's going to topple our whole entire military That's structure. That's going to be bad. And then I was reading in the courts that, yeah, the Atomic Energy, what is it? The AEA, Atomic Energy Agency, had documents. So they were, so he had nuclear secrets. Which is bad. <laughs> you just say the word nuclear, like this is enough. And yeah, so well, this is going to be interesting. By the time you listen to this, the arraignment will have happened. And hopefully you'll be listening to this. Hopefully they want to burn the place down. We'll see. Actually, heard a whole lot of crazy thoughts. I think people think that Trump's just going to come out unscathed. Also, have to wonder, like, what exactly are they going to do if they storm a courthouse in Miami or Palm Beach? Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to charge the gates, disrupt the proceedings, and then carry the man out on their back to safety? He's surrounded by Secret Service. He's surrounded by cops. Like, physically liberating him isn't going to put him on the path to freedom. The end goal in charging the Capitol was all about disrupting the proceedings and capturing that moment that they could have used to put Trump back into power. There is no moment here that they can seize that would declare Trump innocent, because until the court proceedings are final, they just reschedule the court proceedings in a different location if they wreck the joint. By the time you listen to this, we'll have had the arraignment. We'll see what happens. I, summary, it looks like a really stinking solid case. And thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. I don't know what it would do to his campaigning. I know Rachel Maddow floated the idea that he could do a plea where he just wouldn't, he would not, and I think that's a terrible idea. I think we need to we're trying to protect democracy. We need to ha still, if there's no legal reason for him not to run, let him run. Just let him win. Let right. him lose. Let us win. Let him lose at the polls. Otherwise. Because I no. think it's most of the states that have it on state law saying that a felon cannot now, be on If it's ballot. on laws. and if, But he won't be convicted before the election. He might. South Florida is what's known as a rocket docket. What happened in this case? I don't think. It might. But of the dockets that it could happen before the election... Florida's one for of the them. primary, not, before not the, the primary, primary. See, he has to be the nominee, too. And it would just be so ugly because people would say it was delayed until after the primary. So he'd be the nominee and then pushed through so he couldn't be the president. But regardless, if it's legal, I mean, if there's state statute for it, then you do that. I just think we just need to be very careful. Like they put this case together very carefully following the law. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid Watergate commences. You know, Watergate was a summer long thing, too. It was. So, so much summer fun. We might be watching a lot of summer TV. Yep. And I think it's going to be great because we're going to be at Leadership Blue in Miami Beach. Maybe I'll just go across the causeway and check it out. And as a history teacher, I encourage everyone to watch our legal system at work. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I am strangely optimistic about this because... Because you read the <laughs> document and it's pretty like they... 
They outlined everything. I just don't see how anybody could. Now, again, we're not in court yet, but I just, it's, I'm pretty optimistic. As yeah. Optimistic as I can be about the fact that I'm time sure. in our country's history, a former president is from all likelihood going to be convicted of multiple. Yeah treasonous acts after reading that indictment largely put together by jack smith i am now convinced that jack smith is a terrible breakfast cook because i'm sure that even his eggs stick to his nonstick pans <laughs> good job yeah it's really fun watching all the other republican candidates because you know trump is only one of them let's, mm -hmm. now let's t pivot a little bit to the fact that this is not the trump show yet um and watching all the rest figure out how to navigate this. Chris Christie's the only one with the balls to say, look, the guy was bad. Yeah. Actually, Mike Pence grew some tiny ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his, his wife handed them back to him briefly. <laughs> right. Just long, right, for the moment. And, but all the others just very carefully trying to figure out how to dance around this in a way that, and really Twitter is just a feast of anti-DeSantis and anti-Trump with them one another. I'm just taking notes on what I can use against the whoever the nominee is based yes. on who, what they're saying in response. Yeah. And I, again... I think that DeSantis might have a better chance in the general than Trump would because we've already know we already know what we would get right. from Trump. We've already seen it, we've already been there and I feel like that enough people would turn out to vote against Trump that it would sweep Biden back into office. I don't think we would see that effect with DeSantis. Although he certainly is showing his ass on a regular daily basis. Like uh, middle America has seen what he's done to Florida and they don't like it. Yeah. So pivoting to Florida Yes. Good? Yeah. And I disagree with the idea of, quote unquote, redeeming ourselves. And this is why 49 states voted in 2022 because abortion was a major part of the conversation. And in Florida, DeSantis had chosen not to engage in that conversation at all. So that voters went to the polls and bet that he wouldn't. And he kept telling everybody that it was free Florida. I understand what happened in Florida, but what will happen is we are currently working very hard. Shelby worked very hard this weekend. Yes, I did. To get abortion rights on the ballot. And it's a really, it's a very general petition or very general ballot measure. It's not going to give abortion, unfettered abortion rights. It's just giving women the opportunity to make choices for them, healthcare choices for themselves. Up to It doesn't even negate the 15-week ban, but it would be part of our state's constitution. And if we are languaging that, not just getting it on the ballot, but continuously talking about what that is, and continuing to reach out into the community of voters that didn't vote to let them know this is going to be on the ballot. That's why we're doing so much Young Dem outreach right now. In fact, if you listen to this on Friday tonight, come join us at Cree Brewery in Cape Canaveral because we're going to have abortion on the ballot, which will then drive those voters out that didn't vote in 2022 because they didn't think they had any skin in the game. And now they will. I think they found out afterwards that they did and they're regretting that vote. That's going to drive them out a little bit, but then putting it on the ballot will drive them out even more. So we're going to have abortion on the ballot. We're going to have probably a young, energetic candidate opposing Rick Scott. We're going to have at a presidential race. So there's a lot that can really drive the voters that didn't necessarily participate in the process in the past. Now, we have to do the work now. Yes. Because if we wait until the election cycle, August of 2024, first of all, when I ask somebody, hey, if I gave you the list of the Democrats on your neighborhood, what would you do with them? They're going to spend another three months trying to talk themselves out of it. And then they're going to be ready to knock doors for the three days before the election. It's too late. Yeah. So what we're doing now is it's strategies that help us win elections anyway, because we're putting mail ballots back in the hands of Democratic voters. The Republicans took them all away. And how we're languaging that is 
the Republicans took them all away to remind people who likes your voting and who doesn't. Yeah. And uh, so it's doing that, we, that having a mail ballot increases your propensity to vote by 49%. Statistically, if we have 85% of our Demo- of our voters with mail ballots, we win. But it's more than that. It's also getting people having these conversations at the doors and continuing these conversations at the doors so that when it's an election, there it's just a part of our normal life. Just like going to the grocery store. I'm going to go talk to the Democrats in my precinct. And I, I just believe with all my heart that if we can get to that, if everybody will own contacting 10 Democrats, if every Democrat listening to this, if everybody finds 10 Democrats to listen to this and uh, and every Democrat that does that finds 10 more Democrats to listen to this and you all are willing to talk to 10 Democrats in your neighborhood, we can win, but only if we start now. So right now what we're doing is depending on where you live in Brevard, there will be, if you see the word canvassing, don't get scared. Just remind yourself, she's just going to tell me the 10 Democrats in my neighborhood. And this is everything else we've talked about. Buying a rainbow is great, but rights are literally on the line. And if you really want to be an ally, you're going to do what you can to get people elected that will make that difference. If you feel like voting is not enough, this is more than voting. If you feel like beside your vote and you feel just mystified by everything... This is concrete. You can do this. And it is empowering because you did yes. really do it and you really enjoyed it when you did. Oh, no. Watch f- having conversations with like, oh, my gosh. And when you have one conversation, you think we're going to win because everybody's a Democrat yes. because they're so nice. That's but, why I do it. It's just so I can b- be affirmed, affirmed that I'm not alone in and this crazy county. All these fights that people have been like the Daily Bread, who I love the Daily Bread, the soup kitchen locally, and they're trying to build a shelter and and. Maybe if we got good people elected, that need would be less. Yeah. Medicare expansion. If we got good people elected, that need would be less. Abortion rights. If we got good people elected, that need would be less. So all of the, no matter what your cause is, the one thing that brings all those causes together is getting good people elected. And what we're begging you to do today is going to help make that happen. Yes. On Saturday, I got out at 9 a.m., to Cocoa Village where they were having a pride pet parade. And from 9 to 12:30, we roughly helped grab over 200 petitions. And then I got an update at the end of the day cuz I had to go early. They ended up with 300 plus petitions during that event alone. And we need 38,000 from Brevard County. Right. But more than that, now you got those 300 now, and I know we've talked about this, it's now, it's going to require going out every weekend, going out yes. every day to, with three petitions in your car yeah. so that if you meet three people, hey, have you signed their petition yet? Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a big task, but you know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. That's right. And it's the one thing we can do that no matter what your, if abortion isn't your cause, but it's still rights to your cause. There is a, while we're talking about Florida and local things. NAACP is having a statewide pushback on the anti-woke movement. They're furious and they're traveling throughout the state by bus and they're going to be here in Cocoa. I have the date. It's on my website. Yeah. So they're going to be in Cocoa. We're going to be lining the streets to support them as they pull in with their bus and they will have a rally. Yeah. I just, I, I still marvel at the way that Rebu- that Republicans master branding because they've managed to take anti-woke, which they sell as a selling point, and when you rip the mask off Scooby-Doo style, it's just pro-bigotry. It's pro-racism. It's pro-everything. Yeah. 
It's, hey, we want to go back to before 1865. But what are we doing about that is what we're doing now is getting good people elected. Yes. Otherwise, then we'll just keep having these conversations and being mad. So those things are happening. Drinking liberally is tonight in Cape Canaveral at Creeb Brewery. No, we don't have a reserve space. Just look for the short, the snack size person with the dem shirt on. That's me. And and then we have our state yeah. leadership blue, which will be the first full weekend in July, second full weekend, it's July 7th, 8th and 9th in Miami Beach at the Fontainebleau. If you're feeling super bougie and we have a cheaper hotel, if you're not, there'll be a gala, which is we have a table. The Dems do have a table. If you want to buy one of the seats at our table, it's $250, super bougie. And we have a free alternative if you're not. The gala, will, although I will say the people they're talking to, they're talking to John Stewart to <gasps> be a speaker. And now I'm not saying he's coming. They're talking to Bill Clinton to come be a speaker. <gasps> they're talking to some really amazing people to potentially be speakers at the gala. Stay, check our website out. We'll have updates as we have them. So it's going to be great. The event itself is free. The gala is not, but the gala is not required if you want to go. The speakers will be at the gala. So follow along on our website, our new gorgeous website. You'll also see our candidate information we have a new candidate for state Senate 19. We have a new candidate joining Anthony for state house 33. We have potentially a couple of school board candidates coming in. And if you listen to this and you're thinking, God, I know I'm not equipped. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have time enough, blah, blah, blah. But I wonder, then let's just talk because maybe the next person to run for office is you. There's, you'll never know if you don't at least have a conversation about it. That's what's happening locally. And if you're leery about all the other campaign stuff, just tell Pam that and she'll get you out every weekend. (laughs) Nothing is this. Here's the thing. Talking to people we don't know is uncomfortable. Talking to people we don't know with Ron DeSantis as president will be worse. Yes. So talking to people we don't know is how we prevent that from happening. And if you're listening and I'm going to steal Jamie's notes, he takes this out. But if you're listening and you like what we're doing, please... Don't keep, don't make us the best kept secret. Share us with your friends. Please and if do. you don't like what we're doing, then please email us so we can make it better. I know I do that with some of my favorite podcasts. I got really annoyed because they talk about Ron DeSantis like he's, I don't like, know, this is what's actually happening in our state. And so reach out to us. We love hearing from you. And you can reach us at pushaheadpod at gmail.com. That's pushaheadpod at gmail.com. There we go. All right. Please. Jamie is bored. He wants to read more. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Jamie and Shelby, for putting this together. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. 